Welcome to the Mac World Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Roman Loyola. I'm in studio with Leif Johnson, Associate Editor for Mac World. Well, Leif. Uh, behind the scenes is producer Dan Masuoka. Hi, Dan. That is me. Hi. Dan's also fielding uh, your comments and questions. So if you have anything you'd like like to say, let us know and Dan will chime in. Yeah. Joining us remotely is staff writer Mike Simon. Hi, Mike. Good afternoon, everyone. Good morning in San Francisco. Hey. So. Today we're going to talk about WWDC, we're going to talk about uh, Fitbit's new products, and we're going to talk about EddieQ at South by Southwest. So, And we are live on, on Facebook and Twitter, but not YouTube this time. So if you're watching this on YouTube later, uh, sorry, uh, we decided we are going to go to give you a better quality video later on because of the bit, uh, the bit rate. Uh, we are not going live to YouTube, so sorry. Uh, Check us out on Sorry. Twitter and Facebook. So, but just to be clear, so but the but we're posting this video. To it will YouTube go to later. YouTube. Okay. Yes, yeah. got it. So, for your reference, yeah. we have so, not forgotten. We have not forgotten. Um, so, yeah. So, WWDC dates have been announced. Uh, WWDC for the people who don't know is the Worldwide Developers Conference by Apple. This is the annual show that Apple does. It's kind of their big shindig Mm -hmm. for software developers or hardware you know for people who make apple products uh they converge apple has a lot of workshops and stuff to tell people what they're working on how what technologies are coming up that developers can use to implement in their products and how to use an introductory on how to use these the, the stuff so but so that's a lot of uh inside baseball for a lot of people the main thing that we're all mostly yeah, concerned why about care? why why you care do? about WWDC is because Apple does one of maybe two of their main keynotes for the year during this time. Mm-hmm. So the the show opens on June fourth. It runs through June eighth. Uh, the keynote is on June fourth. It's usually at ten o'clock Pacific mm-hmm. time. Uh, I haven't done the yep. GM. GMT uh, conversion. You used that, to be so. so good at that. I used to be really good at that. I haven't done the math on that. So, uh, so yeah, the, uh, Apple usually does a keynote during that time. The thing about this year's keynote is that Apple has already stated. Well, they stated internally. I don't. Rem- did they ever state officially? I, don't, I can never remember. No, they haven't really come out and say. If you're talking about the iOS 12, yes. thing, not a major thing. No, they haven't publicly said anything about it, it's to, to us anyway. Yeah. So Apple has basically said internally that iOS 12 will mostly be, uh, will not feature any major uh, features, any big giant features. So it's mostly you know, fixing what's there, fine-tuning what they've already released. Uh, so we may not see any big announcements in terms of iOS. Mac OS, for a while, has had kind of like a... It, it's it's on this cycle of smaller incremental updates. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 how many years now has Mac OS been oh, out? So it's been, you know... It's it's been out for a I long time this is, now. This will be the 18th year of OS 10, I think. Yeah, so 2000, if I remember. Yeah, so there's not going to be a lot of probably not a lot, probably the same type of announcements that we've seen from Mac OS in the past two years, which have been kind of incremental and kind of 
I don't want to say ho hum because that makes it sound like it's 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 not interesting. It's interesting to a lot of Mac users, but there aren't any giant features that mm-hmm. we, we could be expecting. So, what does that leave in terms of announcements? So that that'll be the interesting thing to to see and there's there has been some speculation as to what they could be announcing so i'm going to throw my hat in the ring and say ar is going to finally take like a major portion of the show where they really showcase what they want to do with this technology and not just like these kind of ancillary apps that oh look that's cool and then we forget about them in a week like apple has a plan here whether that includes hardware i doubt we'll see that this year but there's definitely something real that we're going to see as far as a strategy with uh, augmented reality at uh, WWDC, I and think. Especially since this is the conference that's specifically aimed at developers. This is what right. they're going to want to see. As for additional hardware, I, I don't know. The, the thing that I think that would be really revolutionary for Apple is to be able to do that type of AR stuff like directly through your iPhone and uh, your iPad, because that's a lot of the problem of you know virtual reality and mm-hmm. augmented. You had to put on these glasses and stuff like that. It, it would be so cool. You know, we, we see a little bit of that through like the Amazon yeah. apps and stuff like that to be able to use all that just with your phone. So. Just and and not, I think what you're saying is like not to have to go search out all these apps and figure out what like just to have exactly. it built into the OS would be yeah, no one's really doing that on a level that's outside of, you know we see it like Samsung with the S9 they have that AR emoji that's kind of AR but not really, and Google does it with the stickers as you know it's kind of you know it's it's definitely in the AR realm, mm-hmm. but to like you know, hold up your phone and be able to measure stuff and to be able to, you know, do these kind of uh, things that are uh, right now kind of segmented into different apps and with varying degrees of success to have Apple build it into iOS 12. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. And with, with the with the sensors that the the iPhone 10 has and possibly at this uh, at this conference, the, the iPad um, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, it, it is very it is still very much, I would say, in the lead as far as being able to do AR type of stuff with the sensors that it sounds up and, and the accuracy. Yep. And if they have improved that from the iPhone 10, that would be amazing with augmented sure reality. Thing. I have a question. So how excited about AR are you? Like beyond Pokemon, do you use AR for anything else? Yeah, I'm interested to know from the audience. Tim Cook has been kind of, whenever he's asked about the iPhone or iOS, almost like number one talking point he slips into is AR, AR and augmented reality and, you know, how it's the next big thing. And, you know, to your point, the the prime example that people can cite is Pokemon Go, and you know, it's it's a Pokemon. And, I mean, that's not really <laughs> AR. Anyway. No, it's not. No, and that's <laughs> I mean, the thing. But that's what people behind. cite. So uh, yeah. you know, if people who are watching have any more experience with AR, what they would like to see, what what their experience has been like, we'd like to hear hear from you. So, but yeah, I, I think. And, there's been a lot of talk from Apple about it, and yet it feels like it's kind of stood still to me. Well, see, a lot of the cool stuff that you see is uh, that I've seen is from you know the Microsoft Hololens, which yeah. the, what they had it, and so they would have it. Okay, one of the cool things, and you could apply. You don't have to be in space, but one of the cool things I saw was in the International Space Station where they were using the Hololens. So here's this complicated bit of machinery. You're wearing the Hololens, and alternatively, you could be using your iPhone, and you hold it up to it, and you see the different orders you need to do in order to do that. So imagine applying that to like fixing your car or something. I mean that. 
that would be amazing. And I, yep. I think if Apple takes that, especially with the sensors that it has, we could, uh, you know, you know ha- how to, you know, start a gas light with your stove or something like that. But I mean, uh-huh. that's AR hands free. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to work on something and you have to hold up your phone, then you have no. What are you going to do with your hands? You can't like actually do the thing you want to do. Like, I mean, AR, you could use it for reference, I yeah. guess. But if you want, ideally, and that's why I think Hololens makes sense. Is like you can see it on top of what you're doing. That's right? true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. one of the um, an- another app that's always cited as an AR app is like the IKEA app. Mm-hmm. So you can use yeah. it to picture your furniture in your house. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's kind of like a one-time use thing. You know, you use it when you're shopping for your furniture, and then you're kind of done. And it's yeah, you know, it, it doesn't that's, feel I mean, like a real tool. So, I think that's the big- a little closer to to what I think. Sorry, Leaf. Uh, that that's a little closer mm-hmm. to what I think. Um, Apple will yeah bring to the consumer level, maybe not shopping, but like you know, kind of integrating the re- real world with our world. I mean, sorry, the digital world with our our world. Whether it's you know how pictures look on our walls or how furniture looks in our room. Or you know how um, you know just looking forward to the to the whole car concept. I think that's where Apple is kind of looking at mm-hmm. as like a, as like a heads up display in our car to kind of you know kind of like spread out the world in front of us. But you know, as Dan was saying, we, we're limited if we're holding a phone, and we're limited by what you know the hardware can do right now because without having this big bulky ugly headset, you know that which Apple isn't going to do. Right. There, there's right. only so much that we can do with it right now. Mm-hmm. So. I think the use case is limited. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I was just going to say what you were what you were saying, you know, like the the placing the furniture and everything. I think that the way that they should go is to make this normal. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. go to that and you have it in a specific app and stuff, but this would be almost be like a feature that you expect that you would be able to to use. And uh I think the iPhone in particular has a technology it's going in that direction where it can be, you know, app makers can just expect to be able to do that. I've tried the Amazon version of it. It's really mm-hmm. limited. And I wasn't any yeah. interested in any of the furniture they had to, you know, to put in the house. But yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's all very limited, you know, whether it's a game that you can do some cool stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a use once kind of marvel at it and then move on. Mm-hmm. The, the coolest things I've seen, and this is more on the Google end of things with, with, with um, what was Project Tango and is now AR Core is use in the classrooms mm-hmm. where you can, you know, you can like spread out a solar system and have the kids walk around yeah. it with their phones and the teacher can control what they see and kind of navigate it. And I think that's that's a real incredible thing for um, educational purposes or going into a museum, holding up your phone to a painting and seeing all different information about it or holding them to a sculpture and being able to see like how it was made and, you know, what tools were used. So there are practical real world applications that we haven't really seen on like a mainstream level yet. Yeah, to me, the, the, the killer application for AR, the, one, the thing that would like open the floodgates for it would be uh, using augmented reality in CarPlay. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. I were to like get my directions and then, and then this is totally sci-fi I'm talking here, but you know, I inputted my direct, what, where I needed my directions to, and it showed up on my windshield on top yeah, of what I was looking heads at. Those up displays, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And it said like, you know, as I'm driving, it would say, turn here or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, here's an alternative route as I'm driving. So my windshield becomes my screen. It's basically overlaying on top of what I'm driving. Right. You know, that to me would be like, that's like the killer app. That would be 
the gateway where people will kind of go, oh, I get it now. This is what essentially takes what's on your phone and puts it on your windshield kind of thing. So, I mean, to me, that's the thing that AR seems like a novelty right now. Yeah, and absolutely. As you were saying, you know, the practical uses of it seems to be so so much of a reach, so to speak, to excuse the pun, like, you know, kind of a pun, because you were saying how you can't really use AR because if you got your phone in your hand, mm-hmm. you can't use it. So, But see, I think we're overthinking the headset bit because, okay, like I was uh, hiking in Point Reyes uh, last weekend, and there's this, uh, there's this View Ranger app, and it was really cool, and it's, it's a, it gives you an idea of the direction to go. So I was wondering, what's that mountain off in the distance? It was off towards Napa Valley. And so I could hold up my phone, and it would actually, using the GPS, you know, yeah. showing me what, what landmarks were out there to, to look at. And, uh, and it's just like Roman was saying, you know, you apply that same type of logic to, you know, car, what's driving in front of you. So suddenly you see, you know, the names of these businesses that you can't really see, you know, from the street or something like that. And I, yeah. I like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, Google's also doing something similar with um, Google Lens and where you uh, it, it's in the camera app. It works with Google Assistant. Mm-hmm. You can you can hold it up to like a flower or a book or whatever, and it'll yes. kind of tell you what it is. If for that to happen, Siri has to get a whole lot better. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Siri has to get a whole lot better. Maybe we'll see That's some... going to be the brains behind it. And, you know, it would need to really kind of amp up its knowledge of that type of stuff. Yeah, maybe we'll see some uh, Siri uh, developer tools at WWDC. So that would yeah, be Yeah, I think we almost have to. Just... We almost have to, especially with yeah. what's happened with the uh, HomePod and yeah. people's disappointment in terms of it as a as a digital assistant yeah just right. real quick john on facebook says as long as there's a way to switch the ar window to the passenger side uh just to say just say no to distracted driving <laughs> right <laughs> that's true, true. So, well i mean that that it, and that would be the the kind of rub here is that right. it wouldn't it wouldn't be distracting because you wouldn't be looking down here you'd be looking up here true i that's, mean by nature navigational systems are distracting because you're taking your eyes off the road it would it would present it in a way where you would just be looking ahead of you and things would pop up and it would kind of do it in an, in a in a way that doesn't take your eyes off of what's in the front road, of you. Yeah. Your entire windshield would be the screen, right. as I right. see it. Right, but not with like things popping up all over the place. It's just kind of a subtle, all right, we're going right. to turn here and your location's here and here's a restaurant and blah, 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 right. whatever it is. Yeah. Which leaves open the question if someone can actually hack this, and so suddenly you're driving <laughs> along, and boom, your screen goes black. Yeah. Ah. And, dra- <laughs> and Dror says on, on, on Facebook, Siri character in AR. Uh, so that makes me reminds me of like the Microsoft Clippy. <laughs> oh. You know, just a Clippy in the corner of your window. Uh, yeah, I wonder if I always wondered that. It does does do people would people like having a a, a virtual. I don't know, caricature? I don't know if that's the right like word. Like, just not a, not just a voice, right. but, like, an actual physical or, like, you know, an image of a character, you so, mean. Yeah. What, what <laughs> would see. Siri look like? Well, see, I'll go back to a point that I made on the last show. I think that Apple and its, or maybe it was a show before that, Apple and its advertising, you know, it's tri- typically very blank. It's typically, they try to avoid any kind of association with a certain type of person or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's a product yeah. for everybody. Right. I, don't, I think Siri will always remain 
bodiless because they don't want to give the impression that they're favoring one person over that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it has multiple, I don't, what, what would the benefit be of giving it a character just to have like a thing to put in a commercial like that? There's no, there's no tangible benefit. Yeah. A marketing. And it would be, it would be memed and messed with forever. Like that's just opening themselves up to, uh, to, to ridicule. (laughs) I I think they'd go with a like little rainbow cloud. That's what I think they'd go with. So, speaking of Siri, there was an article that was posted this morning from yeah. uh, the information, information that talked about Siri and its implementation in the HomePod, and that, uh, according to this article, the HomePod or Siri didn't learn about the HomePod until it's like the, the Siri 20, team. Yeah. yeah, the Siri team didn't learn about the HomePod project until 2015. So Siri was not on the HomePod was not self aware. Is, is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, which it's it's sort of surprising, but it isn't also because yeah. Apple is notorious for having uh, development groups that are insular. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah, talk it, to it, each it, other unless. You know, unless somebody they're, they're says you guys need to talk to each other. Right. So, but Apple's teams are notorious for being uh, self-contained and not knowing what the other hand is, is doing sometimes. So, uh, I, I recently talked to somebody who worked at Apple, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, we actually read your site because I don't know what's going on no. <laughs> with, the, with the rest of the company." And I was kind of like, "That's funny." And, I, and I've heard that a few few times, so it's it's not surprising, but in a way it is surprising but, because it's such a big, in terms of HomePod, it's such a huge product. Well, even apart from the kind of segmented Apple structure, I'm not at all surprised that HomePod was conceived without being a smart speaker. Whether or not, I mean, even if it, so, so Alexa didn't exist, and or so Apple didn't kind of, didn't innovate in that space, but even if it had been, uh, you know, kind of developed in 2016 and, and released now. Apple, I think they were forced to put Siri into HomePod because that's what everybody wants, and they and it would, be, it would be ridiculous if it didn't have it. But based on the implementation and based on what we've seen from the marketing and the direction Apple is pushing HomePod in, it it it's not supposed to be a Siri speaker. And I think if Apple had its druthers, Siri would have would would just strictly be for controlling music, and that's right. it. All right. Yeah. Well, see, I, you know that Apple, in a lot of ways, started this ball rolling, the popularity of it, and oh, totally. Over, yeah. And I, I think that there's never been, you know, a better case that that type of structure that Apple, you know, for Siri illustrates more than anything else that that structure doesn't maybe work as well as it used to. Because here is mm-hmm. a case in which you have to have conversation between the different parts of the Apple team in order for Siri to work properly, in order to have these types of. Uh, you know, features that people want from it. And right now it's really lacking. And if there was more communication between those teams, it's, I mean, think about it. Even the whole design of the Apple campus is this big circle. It's almost like designed to keep you away from each other. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this one's they say is designed to to foster collaboration. That's what they say, is, but I'm yeah, looking the, at the, it. Now. I mean, God knows what the old offices look like. Were there, were there, were there brick walls between the cubicles? Right. Well, at least you can see the brick walls in the new office. People are too busy walking into them. So, but so even if this report is true, and let's say they did start talking to the Siri team in 2015, that's still three years ago. Yeah. And this is all we have. I mean, that is a long time in the tech world or any world to develop a product that is competitive to Alexa and um, Google Home. And it's not there. So I 
like it's almost like they started talking to them like the end of last year, (laughs) not three years ago. So was it uh, Jean-Louis Gasset Mm -hmm. who, you know, once an Apple uh, executive, now he does his kind of his own thing, Mm -hmm. uh, talked about, he wrote recently on his site, uh, and I I should offer a link to that, talked about how when a company reaches a certain size, it's just harder to do things because it's just bigger moving parts that you have to get together. And you can kind of see that as something of an excuse with this, in this part with a Syrian home pod. But at the same time, how long does that take? You know, like you said, you know, it was over almost three years ago. It's come on. It's, it's, you know, did it take you, that long to mobilize and then finally implement the technology and work together. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's, I, don't, I just, I don't think, I don't think Apple either wants or even, um, I don't think that they believe that voice control is the future of this whole kind of space. I think that they're looking either beyond that or, or maybe just alongside that. But, I think that Tim Cook and you know whoever else is on that team, I think they believe that we're not going to be yelling at our, our speakers for the rest of our lives to do stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what they're caught in. They're caught in this kind of like stopgap where they are, where the next step isn't quite ready yet and might not be for five or 10 years. Yet, you know, this one isn't really, you know, even in, in the best implementation, which in my mind is Alexa mm-hmm. or the Amazon Echo. It's still nowhere near perfect. I mean, I yell at that thing sometimes four or five times before it does what I want it to do. And I just want it to turn on the lights or, or lock the door. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it, it starts playing music. It does things randomly when, we're not, when I don't want it to. So, I mean, the technology is, is, isn't quite perfected. It's not even near perfected. And I think Apple really believes that this is a transitional phase. Voice isn't the answer. Voice isn't the next, isn't the future. But... It is what we have right now, and you know they're 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 caught in this in this. If they don't play catch up, then they look like they're missing out. But it's also now that that the next whatever the next thing is, we don't we don't see it and we don't know what it is. I don't know. You know, it, it reminds me of the old story about uh, Steve Jobs going to Xerox and stuff. And you know, they showed him off of one of those computers where they were kind of uh, you know showing it kind of simplifies their work. Yeah, we use this little external control thing and stuff. We, we mm-hmm. found it. Re- he was like, "Oh my God, you realize what you have here?" And it's the mouse. And uh, and I and I think you know. And he was the one that really popularized mm-hmm. that. I believe voice is the same way. I kind of be interested to see what Steve thought about this if he was still around, but. You know, it's not perfect, but it's getting better and better it's all getting the time. Better. And uh, it, it's it's really amazing. There have been so many times when I found myself, you know, I need to look up something. My hands are tied, and I realize I can just talk to my darn phone and, and get an answer. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, that that is, you know, maybe it's not, maybe we'll eventually be able to talk to computers with our minds or something like that. I don't know. But I think this is a very important transitional step that they need to be taking the lead on so yeah no i totally agree with that and I, but I, I do think they were kind of caught uh flat-footed mm-hmm. in this thing but i just i think they're i don't think they're ignoring it i just think that they i mean and maybe they're wrong mm-hmm. maybe i'm wrong for, for for believing yeah. that but i i don't think that voice or i or i think that apple doesn't think that uh-huh. voice is the final step in our kind of ai interface so at WWDC, then, do you think there will be a big Siri announcement? I do. Yeah, I want there to be. Yeah. 
No, yeah. I think that Apple has to be listening to the criticisms. I mean, yeah. it's been it's been loud and nasty for now a while, and amplified with HomePod. Yes. So it, if they don't, they're crazy. And I, there may not necessarily be something in terms of WWDC keynote announcements, mm-hmm. huh. but I think there will be like uh, a large presence of like HomePod development at WWDC. Not sure maybe uh, like like HomePod kit or something HomePod kit you know and i'm not sure how much of a demand there is for that but you know if there might maybe maybe there will be some demonstrations during the keynote of what well, i mean if it's or, integrated like like um the uh, alexa skills or google home actions then there's right. a huge demand for it yeah depends on how they do it yeah if it's limited like everything else apple does and they don't let developers access the right parts of it and they only can only do certain things then right no one's going to care. Yeah. <clears throat> Since we're also, I mean, when you when, when you think about, sorry, I'm sorry. When you when you think about um, Alexa, Alexa doesn't have any kind of a real interface. There's an app that I you don't even need to go to. Right. And I think that's what Apple is missing here. HomePod doesn't have to be tied to the phone. Yes. It can just be. It could be its own thing. Yes. The voice control is the interface. And that's that. the problem with that segmented uh, design where everybody does their own thing. They're trying to make Siri for the HomePod yes. and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, my inclination is to say HomePod will have a presence at WWDC. At the same time, I have no, I, I don't have any gauge as to developer interest into it. So, you know, because developers are making iOS apps, they're making Mac apps. So, I, you know, right. I, I don't know if there's a, I haven't felt, I haven't gauged the interest of third-party developers into HomePod. I mean, if they're kind of lightweight little things that you can just add on to your existing app, like 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 the Alexa skills. I mean, they're not. I don't. I mean, I'm not a developer, but the way they work is they kind of plug into different things that the device can do. Yeah. Like I can say, Alexa, turn on my my uh, bedroom lights. Mm-hmm. Now I do that with it. It hooks up to the Hue app, and then it kind of pulls all that information over in a couple of taps, and I'm there. And I, uh, you know, so I assume that's a pretty lightweight code that developers are doing, not developing a full separate HomePod app. So in that sense, you know, it could just be. A uh, an, an added benefit to the iPhone app or the iPad app, whatever you whatever you're using. Before we get too far away from WWDC talk, I would also like to say that I hope that we see some kind of Mac Pro announcement there. And uh, since that's also I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So, yeah. We I mean we know it's coming mm-hmm. sooner than later at this point because they announced that back in April right. of last year that. Um, they were working on a modular Mac Pro that everyone should be excited about. At the same time, they said they were working on iMac Pro, which we got already. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Phil Schiller gets up there and does a whole spiel about, you yeah. know, we, we're, we're reinventing the modular or, or, or reinventing the, the Power Mac G4 or something. Do you think it's too late? Because, like, you know, we were Mac Pro, you know, we were editing on Mac Pros. Um, but we switched to PCs because we need that upgradability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many people could wait, you know, 15 years or whatever since the, since the you know, the original design? What's your question? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. It's, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if it's too late, but I think it's important for Apple to have a Mac Pro mm-hmm. in their product yeah. line. Regardless. I mean, they're already selling a three thousand dollar Mac Pro that nobody wants. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of whether they sell 
mass quantities, mm-hmm. right? You know, to top off their product line, they need a product like a Mac Pro. So, how many Mac Pros do you think uh, they currently sell in a year? I've seen one out in the wild. That gives you an idea. So my, I've seen my, a lot my of brother, My brother has one, so they, they sold one two years ago. <laughs> Mac <laughs> Pros. You know, the, don't wasn't there. So Apple they Apple did a preview of the Mac Pro. I don't remember. Sorry. 20, 2012, 20, was it? Yeah, was, yeah. It, was it at WWDC or was it? It was at, at w, Yeah, it was. That okay. was the, 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 the famous quote, can't, can't innovate my ass by Phil Schiller. Right. <laughs> And then they did a preview of the iMac Pro last year at WWDC. So they could preview it again with the idea that it will be, may not be released until later this year. If they even say there's a release date, they might do a whole, hey, look what we're working on thing. Check it out. Like they did last year with the iMac Pro. Yeah, well, they they did say December. Oh, oh, you mean the iMac Pro? They did say. They, the they, said, they said, like, like I wouldn't be surprised if they say it'll ship by the end of the year or something. Yeah. Like that. They also but said as we're far as display, so. yeah, yeah, that would be nice too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a cinema display would be. I used to love those things when they were. Man, yeah. they were the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the as far as how many they sell right now, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like half a million a year, mm-hmm. if that. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was in the thousands. They, right. yeah. I, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. I didn't want to say it. Like, yeah. like four, <laughs> four-figured thousands? So there was a, one tell when they previewed the Mac Pro years ago right. that, that said to me that they weren't expecting to sell large mass quantities. And, and for Apple, large mass quantities to me means millions. Right. Yeah. Is that they talked about how they assembled the Mac Pro in uh, in I believe in Austin, Texas. Yeah, Texas. Yes, that's yes. Right. Yeah. and they, and they showed people doing it, and it made me say that's not a mass fabrication factory yeah, that they're using. Most definitely, yeah. So that tells but, you right there that they weren't planning on selling them by the boatload, right? So if, if, I mean, they, they sell. What is it? It's about eighteen million Macs a year mm-hmm. that they move total. Yeah, and those are mostly give laptops. Or take. laptops yeah. yeah, yeah. So if they sell, if one percent of those are Mac. are uh, Mac Pros, that's still. I don't think it's one percent. I'm yeah. going to say that there are probably more of the old style tower Mac Pros people wow. are using than the the can style. So what are, you, are, yeah. we, are we talking like fifty a year? Like how? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that because there was a backlash because people were like, I need to use these cards. I can't put these cards into unless I, you know, get a chassis and then connect it by by Thunderbolt. And then, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick to my tower. And so I I wouldn't be surprised if. Well, Andre on Facebook is saying he's a graphic designer and everyone in his office uses the Mac Pro trash can. Wow. So, ah, see? So yeah, maybe they're selling more than we think. You don't think it's trash. So, <laughs> my guess is half a half a million a year over under I would say uh over half a million a year. And I I'd be also curious if at this point if they were to buy uh you know, new computers, would they be buying the iMac Pro instead? Yeah, probably at this point. It's a beautiful machine, but yeah. I think a lot of people are waiting for uh for WWDC, see if they if they. I mean, he, he, here's the big question: is what it, what percentage of Mac users care about, um, or, or or not care, mm. but really really need um, upgradability in the future? 
Like, so, so you have the professional users, but what subset of that needs or, or, or really wants, um, kind of up to, to upgrade their, their machines. Cause I mean, Apple must study these things. Mm-hmm. I got one and for the you. Fact that they haven't done it in so many years. I got one for you. Uh, and Leif's going to like this one. It's the Mac gamer. Well, see, I wanted to bring oh. that up. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, that, that is a real thing because you know, gaming technology often drives video technology and everything with the GPUs. That's one of the reasons GPUs I, have I been getting so much better. I think thinking, Leif, it's now Bitcoin well, <laughs> mining that drives <laughs> They're still wanting, yeah it's, yeah. it's still kind of crazy. I mean, it is, the prices are insane. Yeah. So, I'm oh, sorry, that, I didn't mean that, to that was an oppor- no, that, See, that was an opportunity yeah. for you to tease Apple Arcade. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yes, tune into Apple Arcade every Tuesday at 11, where I'm always griping about <laughs> Mac gaming. But so, no, nah, it's not so, as bad as it can be. Do you think you would ever hear at WWDC uh, Apple talking about crypto? Well, there was a joke on Twitter the other day that all Apple would need to do yeah. is to become a trillion-dollar uh, company is to slip the word blockchain into a into press that. release, <laughs> and they would be the first trillion-dollar company. Yeah. So, there's some truth to that. Mm. Well, there was that uh, app that kind of that got by uh, the yeah. App Store that did background. They, they just they, they pulled it today, I yeah, think. They, they pulled it uh, that did mining in the background, and... I wish I had gotten that, knew about that app and gotten it. Not because I want to mine it, but because I, I feel that way about any time Apple pulls an app. I'm like, oh, I wish I had that app just because like, it's a collector's item. To yes. me. It's a digital collector's item. So I don't think Apple or Tim Cook or anyone in that building cares about Bitcoin right. or blockchain or whatever you want. Whatever the word of the day is, I don't think that that's their interest at all. So they're not going to release a machine and then Phil Schill is going to say, and you can mine your Bitcoins with this now. I don't think so. (laughs) Well, one thing that I'll be interested to see out of WWDC, they probably won't make a big announcement about it, but the uh, external graphics support in High Sierra is beta. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully they'll have a finalized version of it at, at WWDC. And so that'll be interesting to see how that, works and i haven't actually tested it out Mm -hmm. so because it is beta you can do it but it's beta so it's supposedly not stable or not optimized or whatever there's also that that whole vr Mm -hmm. virtual reality thing that they teased last wwdc i haven't heard a word about that either yeah because they realized vr was me (laughs) yeah i mean it's kind of useless yeah i agree but um they they did they they re- they sold a developer's kit with the with a um that uh H H T C Vive I believe was with it and you can yeah. you know develop on your Mac so I don't know but yeah I agree that's probably yeah. past the issue now I mean even Samsung released its S nine and there was not a mention of the VR headset <laughs> that it yeah. actually sells <laughs> like it's just not a thing. So WWDC June fourth this year it's in San Jose just like it was last year it's a bigger venue than Moscone and San Francisco yeah uh, so hopefully and you have until I think f- next the twenty second I believe yeah it's just if you're a uh, if you want to uh, if you're a developer and you want a ticket yeah if, if you're a developer and you want a ticket you have to apply to a lottery because attendance is limited yeah. uh, space is limited so they li- but. If you are signed up as a developer, you can watch all the you can watch all the presentations. They're they're streamed right. on Apple's developer site, so you can watch yep. uh, remotely if you don't make it. But yeah, get your application in 
before the 22nd if you do want to attend. Yeah. Remember so. the days when they used to just say, okay, it's open now, and then it would like, <laughs> first it was like a half hour sold out, then 15 minutes, 10 right. minutes then it was like seconds, and they were gone. <laughs> right. You'd be like, but I just got up. So. <laughs> so. And, and then, of course, you, know, you can watch this, the keynote for free. Everybody can. Yeah. Apple yes. streams that themselves. So, uh, so yeah, WWC June 4th through June 8th. And I, I believe the McHenry. Yeah, it's McHenry. In San Jose. So uh, Apple has not sent out press invites for the keynote yet. So they don't do that for a little while. They usually wait till like two weeks before. Yeah. yeah. So... I went last year. Hopefully, I'll go again this year. It's always a crapshoot. You never know if you're going to get invited or not. Sometimes, so it is a the, the nice thing is that it is a big venue, so there's a very good chance that cool. we'll go and we'll have coverage of the event when it happens. So, um, moving on to our next topic, uh, so Fitbit. A competitor to Apple and the whole wearable section with the Apple Watch came out with a couple new products, and Mike I don't got know, the Roman. Take- that was a pretty weak transition. <laughs> I couldn't think of. That's why I, I had one in mind. I had a transition in mind, and I thought this is dumb. What I was gonna say. Uh, oh, let me use my transition. All right, here's my transition. I'm gonna use my transition. So, <laughs> so WWDC. Here we go. Yes. So WWDC is at the McHenry Center in San Jose, which is a much bigger venue than. Moscone Center. It's so big that you'll probably be able to fill your circles on your Apple Watch. <laughs> but maybe one. you don't use an Apple Watch. Maybe you're using one of Fitbit's new products. Perfect. <laughs> that was the transition I had in mind that I thought that's that. But uh, that's like my transition. <laughs> so Fitbit has a couple new products. And Mike, you actually got to take a look at are you reviewing them, or was it just? A, I will be at some point. Okay. Um, I, I they haven't sent them yet. They, they don't go on sale until April. So, All right, right. Uh, they had, uh, but I, I did get to use a pre-production one for I don't know, fifteen minutes or so. Uh, that was on Monday in New York City at the launch, and um, so I l- last year I got to play around with and review the Fitbit Ionic, mm-hmm. which was their first like real full-fledged smartwatch. And my biggest gripe was it with it was that it wasn't really a very good smartwatch. First of all, it was limited because it was a new platform. But it was also like the, 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 whole, the whole feel of it was it was an athletic device that did smartwatch stuff. Mm-hmm. It looked like an, a, a watch for athletes. It was focused on, you know, the Fitbit stuff, the, 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 the tracking and all the, the, uh, the fitness stuff that they excel at, which isn't a problem. But it's a problem if you – aren't necessarily a a hardcore athlete and with this new one which is called versa which is short for versatility pretty clever (laughs) it's you know it it's a it's a smaller kind of softer design and it comes in rose gold which people like and it it, you know it it's it's a smartwatch first and a a tracker second like the apple watch you know people buy the Apple Watch for smartwatch stuff. They buy the Apple Watch for fitness stuff. It, it kind of it's it's versatile in what in, in, in who it appeals to, and that's what Fitbit strategy is here. Um, they're they're taking um, the Pebble platform, which is what they bought to kind of build all this on a couple of years ago, and they're building it out now to include, um, you know, families and with the with the specific emphasis on women, which I think is super important because 
if you look at the smartwatch space, Apple is really the only company that makes a watch that a, 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 a woman would, would want to wear. I mean, the Google ones, they're just so big and clunky and masculine and aggressive. And, you know, Apple makes the 38 millimeter one and it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice smaller size for smaller wrists. And the Versa is a very similar size. It's also a square. Um, I don't know the exact dimensions. They didn't give them to us yet, but I, my guess is it's either 37 or 39 millimeters. It's, it's around there. Mm-hmm. And um, it comes with, um, it, it comes with um, you know colored bands that are that kind of match it and uh, they're very fashionable, and I think it's I think it's a it's a good start for Fitbit to become more of a lifestyle brand that does compete with Apple. But how does it feel? How what? <laughs> I mean, like the extra experience of using it. I said, how does it feel, man? Oh, I mean, it, you know, it it feels. <laughs> you know, listen, Apple's more polished and they've been doing it longer and. Fitbit is isn't what Fitbit wasn't really a software platform company until next year. I mean, mm-hmm. they did tracking and they, they but they didn't have that, you know, that that OS integration experience that Apple excels at. Right. But it's you know it's 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 nice. They they have a, a bunch of clock for like five hundred something um, apps and clock faces already. Mm-hmm. So the the platform is is expanding. They're they're hooking up with um with uh, different app developers and they're also developing their own where um. A new one they're going to have is is uh is called a new parents new new parents or something I forget what the name of it is but 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 it's for it's for parents so you can track like diaper feedings and uh, diaper feedings diaper changings and, 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 and feedings that's you feed a diaper in that way <laughs> and they also are um are, are are tracking periods for for women which is a which is an important thing for for health so they're 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 just they're they're kind of expanding their their kind of um uh uh. Their, you know, their audience to right. include people that don't just want to run around the block seventeen times. And do you think either, um, like, what kind of integration with assistance? You know, like if it pairs with a phone, uh, do they have? And do you think that they would ever develop their own assistant? God, I hope not. We don't need another assistant. <laughs> no, no offense to Fitbit, but uh, Fitbit. no, that's the last thing we need. Yo, uh, it, it actually, it, it doesn't have any. Uh, any assistant integration or voice control at all. It's all, um, you know, it's just self-contained on the watch. It doesn't hook up with Google Assistant or anything like that, but it does It, it does work with iOS, Android, and Windows, and, you know, all the different platforms. But there's no voice integration at all. That'd be a big, I think, move if they could get that. Uh, yeah, that's sure. a lot of resources. See what Apple's having a problem with. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the easiest would probably be to um, to work with Google because they're a little more, or or even uh, Amazon with Alexa. Uh, yeah, Apple is uh, they're, not, they're they're obviously not going to allow Fitbit to integrate with Siri on on any, on any level. And Dan on Facebook is asking, what's the price point? It's two hundred bucks, which I think is a is a sweet price. It's uh, it, that's less than the Apple Watch Series One that Apple still sells. But not enough so to me to make it more of a compelling buy, honestly. Yeah, that's a guy. So if it's so if it is sort of price against the the series one, if you had to choose between the two, which one would you yeah. choose? Personally, I would probably pick the uh, the Fitbit. Because, really? Uh, I mean, I would if you're going high end. Uh-huh. If we're if, if we're looking at the. The Blaze, uh, Blaze. What is it? The uh, the 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 Fitbit Ionic is three hundred, and the Apple Watch Series Three is three thirty. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, that's that's no no question. I mean, the uh, the Apple Watch has LTE and and things like that, 
and it's just a better system. But 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 if you're going cheap, the Apple Watch Series One is an it's an older it's it's an older system. It's an older chip. We don't know if it's going to support watchOS five. We don't know what the longevity of it is. It doesn't have GPS. Neither neither does does uh, Versa. Mm-hmm. And um, listen, I haven't I haven't used Versa for more than ten minutes, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But from what I saw, you know, it's a it's a uh, and from what I know of Ionic, it's it's a it's a fine platform. There's a there's a lot of you know de- de- developer support is expanding. There, like Pebble, there's a lot of different watch faces and things, so you can customize it a lot more than Apple Watch. And you know, it's it's relatively inexpensive. I know it's still two hundred dollars, but in in today's tech money, right. that's practically an impulse buy. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> true. So. I think it's kind of cool that I think it's cool that Fitbit has like done some research to find markets where they need to, where they can find yeah. places where they can go into that isn't being served and stuff. But at the same time, I mean, it's in the name, it's Fitbit. It's a, it's primary usage is for fitness tracking. And is, is that fair to say that still, I think it's still so. true? Yeah, I think I mean, I think they would say their primary use is for health and fitness now. I mean, they're they're trying to like Apple, they're doing more into uh, they're studying sleep apnea. They're 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 looking right. into um, the ways that it can track uh, glucose levels. And I mean, this is all still like Apple. They're studying yeah. it, but they're doing more than just, you know, steps and um, calories. And I think that that's a good way to differentiate yourself from the market apple's definitely doing that at the same time i think there is still a a market that of people who are into wearables and don't really think of the fitness stuff as their primary use of the thing so uh, you know as someone who uses an Apple Watch, it is obviously not a picture of. I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about, Robin. <laughs> so, don't let the side. Don't let the uh, Wolverine beard fool you. <laughs> you, you are Mister MacWorld, and you are our entry into the Mister Universe. <laughs> oh, you'll be sorely disappointed. That universe. Is yeah, be we're, get, we're getting tons of comments. We all want to see you oiled up, Roman. <laughs> uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter is oh, just yeah. blowing up. There we go. <laughs> so but yeah i think that i don't i don't want to say that that's going to be that's not a hurdle for them it's just that you know the apple watch is always going to have this broader audience because yes. people will there's a large audience of people who use the watch because they don't want to take out their phone mm-hmm. and right. that's you know right. the, obviously that's me because as you see like i said <laughs> this oil my body is not yeah, it's it's because you're a millennial Roman, and you can't you can't just unplug. <laughs> right, I can't unplug. So, but uh, yeah, so you know, Apple, I mean, Fitbit will definitely compete in terms of the whole fitness thing. But you know, it's it's, it's it'll be a it'll be a strange day if Fitbit can come out and say, yeah, we've overtaken Apple in terms of share. And you know, yeah, I mean, and I, I that's not I their goal. I know that's not their survive. Right. right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen either, but I will say this. I've used a lot of smartwatches mm-hmm. yeah. and this was the first one on first impression, only impression that I said to myself, okay, this is a true competitor Right. To Apple Watch, like people will look at both mm-hmm. and make a decision. 
Yeah. I can't say that about any of the Android Wear watches, none of them, or the kind of ancillary, yeah. like the fossil ones. Like they're all in their own little space, and then there's Apple Watch. Like some of them you choose because you want, you know, you don't want to spend three hundred dollars or whatever it is. But this is the first one where I think that a a serious buyer who wants to spend around two hundred and fifty dollars on a on a on a watch mm-hmm. will have a decision to make because it's uh, you know Fitbit. It looks as though Fitbit has created something that looks nice. Mm-hmm works well and um you know kind of does a lot of the things that apple apple watch can do it's interesting yet what you're saying that you know compared to android where they went for kind of apple square design and stuff rectangular yeah well i mean yeah they did but let's not forget pebble did that first and they bought pebble what i'm getting to what i'm getting to is what you were talking about that they you know i i think because apple originally you know people were like no no that's not what you should do you should make it look like a real watch and stuff but apple showed that that's not so much the truth and i and i actually i'm saying that and commendation of them that they're yeah, you know, yeah. I, to- I totally agree yeah I, I yeah i agree i've used a lot of circular watches and oh my god they're all just awful yes. <laughs> like like the words cut off and you can't you gotta you can't oh it's terrible a square is makes so much more sense for presenting information like this it gives you much more room to work and breathe and um and also fitbit has done a similar thing with the um you know they have a dark theme so it kind of blends into the bezels which are significantly bigger than apple watches mm-hmm. um the the i mean the, listen the design is is nicer than ionic but it's still it's not nearly as nice as apple watch yes. but life i totally agree the the square is the way to go yes. like let's yeah. end that argument right now it's just there's no there's no it, 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 if you want a mechanical watch Fine, I agree. Circle is circle is it, but uh, if you want a smartwatch, it's it's square or go home. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear from the audience what they think. If if you don't have an Apple Watch or have been kind of hesitant about wearables, uh, is the Fitbit product kind of something that has sparked your interest is that is that something you know what what are you looking for if the apple watch isn't it what you know what is what are you looking for in a a wearable i'm interested to see uh what our audience has to say about that yeah that'd be a good twitter poll probably to to send out or something so yeah well maybe we'll yeah i'll do that Uh, fitbit also um released a a a fitness band or what is it called a wristband whatever they call it that's specifically for kids eight eight and eight they, they say eight and up my guess is like they're they're imagining between like eight and 14 but um now it got me think like when, when i saw it i thought to myself you know you're right like that's like kids are completely ignored yes. in this space like you know they're they need to be active too and they they like technology probably more than their parents do but they don't uh like they don't um <laughs> You know, I, Apple doesn't make a, a band for like nobody really kind of caters to that market. So I'm interested to see like how parents respond to that. Does it catch on? Do do they want their kids, you know, tracking their stuff? Like it's it's the way it's implemented is um, there's like badges and challenges and things. Like it's not like a oh my god you need to be moving, get up and stop playing video games type of a thing. It's more of like a good job. You, you know, you walked you know five thousand steps today, or you were active for two hours, whatever it is. So it's more of a like a like a congratulatory thing than a, than a motivational thing, but um you know I think it's smart that Fitbit is kind of trying to tackle these 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 niches that everyone is kind of underserving at the moment. You know, some yeah. parents would love to use those devices to track their kids too. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Fitbit coming after Apple, we'll have a review of that product. Michael probably yeah. be doing a review of that product when it becomes available. Um, so let us know what your thoughts are. Give them uh, some ideas of what you're looking for in terms of a review. Like, like I was saying, you know, what, if you haven't been using a wearable, what is it about these products that prevent you that haven't pushed you over the, the uh, fence over in, ter- in terms of getting one? Maybe that'll help Mike uh, figure out what he should be looking at in terms of his review. So. I'm not running any marathons, though. Don't ask for that. <laughs> so, uh, our final topic for today is uh, a recent uh, fireside. I, I hate saying that fire, fire, fireless side chat <laughs> that uh, Eddie Q had at uh, South by Southwest, which is going on right now in Texas. And who so, is Eddie Q? Eddie Q is a VP at Apple. He is. I don't remember his exact services, internet. Services. He does services, right? Yeah, uh, but he's also a warrior, uh, Golden State Warriors season ticket holder for people <laughs> who are following the NBA. And uh, he had a uh, so-called uh, run-in with Rihanna at a, at a game last <laughs> season, which that was all fabricated. So, so, there was just yeah, all for the cameras. That was totally. Oh, fabricated. And, but he actually did <laughs> briefly talk about that during his talk. But one Original of the, Apple programming. Yes. <laughs> but one of the things Eddie Q announced at South by Southwest was Apple's acquisition of a company called... Texture. Uh, texture, texture, excuse me. <clears throat> texture. And Texture has been described as a Netflix for magazines. Right. So it's uh, a service where you subscribe to texture and you get basically 200 yeah access to is it two over 200 mm-hmm. titles we're on there yes. including macworld yes. <laughs> and our sister publication pc world so you get access to the digital uh magazines and apple decided to acquire this company and i'm still trying to wrap my head around why so well, one of the things I think a way that they'd go toward is, uh, you know, you have Apple News and stuff. And I know uh, Eddie Q at that talk, he was talking about he wanted the serendipity of, of finding stuff, you know. And so it sounds like they're almost going for curated con- content. He said he's sure. not just going for the popular stuff. They want you, you know, to see the stuff that you want to see. And it sounds, you know, kind of, I mean, it's also... I don't know if they're going to keep that, but Texture is a subscription service, and you would laugh, but, you know, uh, Apple bought Beats when it had just like 100,000, 300,000 subscribers or something. Now, what is it, 38 million? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, they, yeah. they can go some places with a, like a subscription service. But I knew, I think the idea is to kind of, you know, take you know, magazine articles that aren't trending and stuff and, and put them in kind of like the Apple Maps notification, I mean, excuse me, Apple Maps, Apple News notifications. And uh, I think it's an interesting idea. So, I mean, th- yeah, that's I mean, where it, it goes. It, sometimes Apple buys these these things just for the back-end mm-hmm. UI. Right. Sometimes they buy it just for the team. They think they're they're super smart and what they're working on and we don't know yet. But um, I'm going to go on record saying it would surprise the hell out of me if they – released a apple books subscription service but you know it would be cool but i just i don't see them doing that we'll see yeah yeah the ibooks 
Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. It's yeah. going to be Apple Books soon. Yeah. <laughs> right, now. right. It will be Apple Books eventually. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's you, the thing that makes most sense to me is that this is a more about the back end technology uh-huh. that they can apply it in different ways and, and also right. buying buy the, uh, the, the, the uh, brain power that's at texture. Because, you know, up the basic service itself, it seems to me like, you know, why am I subscribing to a magazine service when I can probably access that content on the respective publications' websites? Probably. Yeah. Some of them are still behind paywalls, so, and I'd be wondering if that get rid of the, the paywall yeah. content. Also that, yeah. And, you know, it is hard to find stuff mm-hmm. that you, unless you're, like, I get most of my news from my Twitter feed mm-hmm. because exactly. I follow who I yeah. want to follow, and it's, it's live. But if I go into like Apple News, like I don't know what I'm looking at. Right. Like with the exception of the ones, the curated stories that they tell me I might be interested in, like it's impossible to find things. I end up on Apple News through Twitter generally. Right. Like someone will tweet out a link and I'll and I'll go that way. So um, maybe this is part of a broader strategy to help people, you know, discover or find yeah. stories that they may or may not have found elsewhere. Yeah. I still use Feedly for its RSS feed. Yeah, Feedly's good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it has that. You know, here's the top stories for the day. Boom, right. that work. Yeah, and so it's in yep. my categories that I've made for it too. So yeah. it would also be nice if Apple released a Mac uh, interface for Apple. Yeah. Yes. John on Facebook is not a texture subscriber, but is considering it. But does use Apple Reads slash Looks. Mm. But those are free, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, as, as Mike say, was say, Mike said, if, if if the news app that's on iOS, they had a Mac version for it, I'd be all over that. Like I get yeah. all my news from Twitter again, mm-hmm. but you know when I'm on the bus coming to work or going home, I, I check out the news app. If if that was on my Mac, I would be on that app constantly, probably. So yeah. I mean, most of the stories on Apple News, they they're really presented in a way that you want to kind of dive in and, yeah. and um, you know, read them longer than you would as a, a simple text page. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it definitely has a benefit, but yeah. um, it's like I use Android half the time and I, I can't like they don't even have an Android app. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so real quick, uh, all three of you, what do you use or at, or what app do you use to get your most of your news? For me, it's Twitter and Apple News, uh, the, the the news app on iOS. But I, I would say I get ninety percent of my news on Twitter. Twitter first, uh, Feedly second, and then Apple News, and that's chiefly through notifications on my phone. Yeah, I mean Twitter as well for me, like like all day. But um, I do. I subscribe to the Times. I subscribe to um, the Washington Post. I subscribe to my local paper, the Hartford Current. So right, I, I go to like stand. individual. <laughs> <laughs> I go to individual individual websites, and um, you know, kind of just to to stay abreast of the um, the more um, in depth news, I guess that yeah. I that I don't get from Twitter. And I have a print subscription to uh, um, well, not a print, but you know, the online, but the New York Times and the yeah. New Yorker. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that none of you use what I use, and that's Reddit. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, funny thing is, I usually come across Reddit posts through Twitter. So yeah. And uh, yeah. go ahead. 
Yeah, I end up on Reddit like when I like if something if I see something happening, I'll go there to see what they right. say. That's what, That's I, what I do. But too, I don't. Yeah. I, but I don't go there first. It, right. It's very to me. It's very jumbled and stuffy, and yeah, I kind of leave it up true. to everybody else to upvote it. And then, I, like Mike said, I'll go and look to see what people are saying. That's the way I use it. Right. And I do it more for the comments and for the actual news. Yes. <laughs> yeah. the, the discussion, if you yeah. will. And see what people feel but, uh, about this thing. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking, and I don't know if this would even apply, but maybe they're taking this textured thing and applying it to their movie TV show mm-hmm. initiative for that mm. for a delivery service. Like I don't know, I don't know if those things kind of correlate. But you know, right. stripping away the magazine section and using it as a okay, it's ten dollars a month, and here's this pretty interface to get to all of our TV shows. Right. It would be the UI to get into Apple's original content. It can't be that yeah. hard to come up with their own darn. I know. I, I, I totally <laughs> I'm agree. Yeah, I, no, no. I, I'm sure it's not, but they must be something within this that they that they saw that intrigued them to the yes. point where they spent X number of dollars yeah. to uh, either that or Tim Cook said, "Hey, we need to spend a billion dollars this month. <laughs> find something." <laughs> Main improvement you I would like to see. Spending it off, right? So. I would like to be able to read actual articles on my Apple Watch. Now, I so, know they say to the battery life and everything, but I'm on the train for 20 minutes. It would be nice while I'm in that crowded oh, like, transfer. <laughs> so just to scroll through. Yeah. Go ahead. I think that's a pretty limited. I, I, I could, I can't, if I hold my wrist up for more than like 10 seconds, I, I hate it. Like I want to go yeah. through like headline, 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 done. I was on a subway this morning. I saw about six people looking at their Apple Watch. So. Like for for extended periods yes. of time. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. I was I was specifically looking for it. Yep. Like I measure my interactions in seconds on Apple Watch. Like <laughs> I, I I hate looking at it more than like literally like five or six seconds. I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. But do you <laughs> do heavy duty urban commutes like on trains and stuff like that? Uh, no, I have a, I, I'm generally commuting in a car, so, so I have that's a radio, what I'm thinking. So yeah. Yes. But, but Leif, the rule on public transportation <laughs> is you don't make eye contact with anyone. So they're just trying to make sure that they don't look at anybody. Right. Yeah. So. Got to look at something. Right. It's not going to look at my shoes for. Going to look at my shoes for so long. Yeah. So, so back to uh, WWDC to, to circle back. Do you think we're going to see an announcement of Apple's um, TV? Initiative. I think we might like see a, some trailers, like a, like a, some kind of a solid date or something mm-hmm. to see when all this is coming together. Because we know we've we we have enough rumors and and um, not even rumors. We have enough people saying that yeah, I'm working on a TV show or this actress or whatever. But we haven't heard anything official from Apple about any of this yet. Well, I don't think it'll happen. At, it, it, if Apple does do something like that. I'm not sure they would do it at WWDC, but isn't there like the, what is the, is there like an, isn't there like an event, a Hollywood event? I forget what it's called, where the the media kind of goes and the networks preview their fall lineups. What is you literally ask this question every time we talk yeah, about it. Yeah, there, there is. Um, <laughs> what is it called oh again? It's called the Upfronts. Upfronts, the upfronts yeah. right. And, but I don't know if that like does Netflix go to that? I don't know if they do, or is that just networks? I'm not sure because that's more of an advertising thing. Yeah, like they're yeah. showing off their new shows to advertisers so they can decide what they want to advertise in. Yeah, I think they I'm even not, show they, sh- pilots that they that might not even come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I mean, I guess my question is: Will there be a launch date 
for this service, or is Apple just going to populate Apple Music with with shows randomly? Yeah, that's that a good question. Seem, I think they need to do something separate in order to build hype for it. I hope so. It's just like buy it on iTunes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be nice if it was a an extension of the Apple Music subscription because I know would rather not pay Apple another ten dollars yeah. a month. But I think I think you're right. I think they need to say, okay, here's Apple TV or Apple Video, whatever they're going to call it, mm-hmm. and Apple Studios, right. and you know, these are all of our shows, and you know, here's what's coming. Yeah. Since so. you brought up WWDC, there, John did have a question. Uh, do you think Apple will come out with a a CarPod with Siri? Uh, with more navigation features, um, you know, for the automobile. You mean like a device? Or I think or just updated CarPlay. Yeah. Oh, I think um, honestly, I think that uh, what they call car- uh, CarPlay is done. under the radar. <laughs> I yeah. use yeah. it to move out here. By the way, I, I yeah, it was the first I use, time I, I mean, used I, it. I have it. <laughs> I, I plug in when I when I on the weeks that I had my iPhone, I, I use it too, but. Like I don't think Apple's uh, um, kind of actively spending any no. money or time developing anything for it. It's a hobby. I think that I, CarPlay. I wrote about this uh, when it first came out. CarPlay is the is the is the rocker of this generation. <laughs> if you if you guys remember what rocker was, whoever's watching, it was Apple's first phone. Yeah, that was it. Was an, it was it was hooked up with um, was it HP? No, it was it was done with collaboration with uh, Motorola. Motorola. Okay. Yeah. And. It was a an interface for iTunes on a phone, yeah. and everyone said, "Oh, look how cool!" Blah blah blah. And Apple put no effort into it whatsoever. <laughs> but it was just their way right. of kind of testing the waters for for a phone, yeah, uh, iPhone yes. for a software, so, for, yeah. Which is yeah, which kinda, is such a shame because as someone who has a Toyota that only has like their Toyotas in tune, mm-hmm. which is terrible, and having mm-hmm. had like a rental car that had CarPlay, CarPlay was was. Was, it is. That's nice. the way I felt. It was it's amazing. Good, yeah. I agree. It's now it's cool. I agree with that totally. Yeah. I just don't think that Apple necessarily is going to say, "Oh, now we have CarPlay two, and here's all the great things it does." Right. Like, CarPlay I think was much better than the built-in one that that came out with that Jeep Grand Cherokee. So yeah. Yeah. But if what I mean, if they I, treat it more like uh, like the HomePod features, you know? So it's like it's it's less visual and it's just more like using your phone with Siri, a little bit more so maybe. I mean, you can do all that kind of like you can play stuff and use your voice and say, Siri, I want to go to Subway and they'll tell you, you know, do you want to go to this one? And you say yes. And then, it, you know, in some ways, Siri on the car is better than Siri on the on HomePod, to be honest. Yeah. Um, another thing that came up during Eddie Q's presentation was he talked about and Leif talked about this earlier, how Apple Music has 38 million subscribers. Uh, we did a poll on Twitter, finding out what services people use. And, you know, I understand it's the Mac world audience. And I forgot to vote. So, <laughs> and so predictably, and maybe, you know, it's, it's Apple music came out on top 55% of the people who took the poll, which had 1600 votes, which mm-hmm. is actually pretty good. Uh, and it was, it was 55% up 55% is close. Yeah. So and it's been up for about 21 hours now. So, of the people who voted, 55% of them uh, use Apple Music, 29% use Spotify, 16% use another service. And one of the popular answers for other people replied back was Amazon Prime Music, which I was kind of surprised to uh, see. A lot of people also use Pandora. 
When oh. we were talking about the actual poll, putting it together, I threw out Google Play Music in there, which I actually have a subscription to because I don't like uh, YouTube ads. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, and I used to subscribe. I used to have a Google Music subscription, uh-huh. so I was yeah. like, yeah, Google Music. And, but no, Amazon Prime wasn't was. Uh, Amazon Prime, which I mean, kind of makes the, sense. Yeah. The, yeah, the big benefit there is it's cheaper. I think it's $8 a month versus um, 10 or 15 depending on what you're doing. For Amazon and Prime, can, is it, it's not included in the Prime subscription? It's the, um, some of it is. They oh, have okay. some music. Some music is included in the Prime, but if you want all the newer stuff and, and uh, ex, you know millions of song library, yeah. you need to pay it. And, and it's only $8 a month if you have a Prime subscription. And that's that Alexa thing again. You know, So many people have those little speakers in their houses and – they say, oh, yeah, for eight bucks, I can listen to 30 million songs on my Alexa. And, you know, Spotify works too, but not the same way. And Apple Music isn't, isn't there at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I honestly, considering our, again, considering that this was geared at our, our audience, I thought that Apple Music would be closer to 70%. Yeah, seriously. So, a lot of people love Spotify a lot. Yeah, I, I like yeah, it too. I, I just Spotify, don't feel like paying yeah. for another service. But yeah, so, so yeah. I use Spotify and I always felt thought that I was in a, very small minority of people who used it because I thought maybe no, no, Spotify has what 70 million paid members. I yeah. believe yeah. when you go to Twitter and they share play playlists and stuff like that, they're always sharing it on Spotify. It's not anything else. So mm-hmm. I always feel left out of that too. So I, I kind of <laughs> like, you know, to get my self esteem up, started making these Spotify playlists to share with people. So yeah, and still haven't bought a subscription. Yeah. Sorry, Spotify. So that was, that was interesting. Uh, the, other things that uh, Eddie Q brought up. Uh... I didn't answer the poll, but I, I subscribe to Apple Music, and you know it's it's a it's a good service if you're um, if you're you know specifically if you're if you're an Apple. I, I use it on Android as well, and my biggest annoyance, and most people probably don't have this problem because they don't have so many devices, but. There's a there's a hard ten device limit yes. for Apple yeah. Music, yes. which other services do have. Kindle. However, yeah. when you want to add a new, yeah. when you want to add a new one, I got to go into my iTunes account and hope that Apple <laughs> lets me delete one. Right. Because you know there's like a, there's like a ninety like once you activate a device you, you you're locked out of changing it for like three months. Yeah. It's, it's like it won't let you remove it. It's crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> and isn't there a, an option where you can like basically delete all the devices? But yes. you're only allowed you can, that option can, like once a year or something like yes. that. You can deauthorize yeah. everything, which which is also a pain. Yeah, and I did that once and I was like, Oh, please, I hope I don't have to do this again. <laughs> please <laughs> may the next three hundred and sixty five days I don't have to deauthorize everything. It was it did feel kind of, you know. It, it, yeah, it's it's a limitation that needs to be fixed. Yeah, it's annoying, yeah. and and because those include Apple TVs, they include iPads, iPhones. I mean, it's everything. All my Android phones. So ten adds up pretty quick for me because I share it with my wife and my son. So that's like oh, wow. right off the bat, I'm, I'm down to like five. Are HomePods considered part of that count? You know, I don't remember. I don't think so. Because that would suck. That wouldn't surprise I, me. I, I, <laughs> Especially if I had you, to log in and check. I don't remember. You know, if you have multiple HomePods in your house and. You well, can no use half did. of your no allocation. No one's doing that, Roman. Come on. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is doing this. Someone from Apple is doing that. So, uh, Other things that EQ talked about. He talked about how Apple is definitely not going to buy Netflix 
or what was the other company? Disney. Disney, which I don't think I don't know if they can afford what Disney. Was that all about? <laughs> this, this I mean, specu- they have a lot of money, but geez. <laughs> the speculation that Apple's going to buy either of those companies has been around for so long, and it's not even speculation. It's just like I think some analyst like wrote something someday saying that would be a great idea. It wasn't even like based on anything. It was just an analyst <laughs> throwing stuff against the wall. Apple's big, but I don't think it's by Disney big. <laughs> so hey, just, just real quick, I, I just I checked my account. HomePods and Apple TVs are not included in those 10 devices. It's good. just Macs, phones, and tablets. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. Still, I have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then Apple, Eddie Q also talked about um, how they're more interested in quality over quantity when it comes to their original content. Yeah. Big uh, dig at Netflix right now. <laughs> Carpool karaoke. Like, were you supposed to believe that? <laughs> so. And Planet of the Apps was worse. <laughs> yeah. where, where is this quality you speak of, Eddie Q? So. Yeah. So. We'll I, see. Yeah. So, yeah, there were a few interesting things he said. So, um, but he didn't make, you know, the big announcement was texture. Other than that, if you were hoping for some, you know, big revelation, there wasn't one. So, right. I thought he would take the opportunity to maybe announce the release date for something, but they surprisingly right. of a show or something, especially because it's South by South. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. But that so, didn't happen. So, whatever. <laughs> we did get that cool HomePod commercial, though, a couple of weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. now, if that's an indication of what they're doing, then I'm all for it because that, that thing's awesome. Now, I thought the commercial was cool, but when I was done watching it, I was like, that didn't motivate me to go buy a HomePod. Oh, probably not. But it 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 it, it shows people who might not know that it exists that it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's really the point, I think. Yeah. And it truly emphasizes the fact that they want it's a music speaker and Yeah. So and it shows how cool Apple is. Yeah. So <laughs> What's a radio? All right. <laughs> well, anyways, that does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank Life and Dan. That's me. In the studio. I'd like to thank Mike. Mike, you can go, go back to shoveling some snow. <laughs> so We'll go and, back to Gripe about the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, my kid went to school today. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to thank the studio, the uh, audience and on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for watching. Please join us next week. Uh, we'll all be here Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific. For more scintillating transitions. Yes. Uh, hopefully, next next week, I'll have our the GMA time. So that for your reference, for people who uh, get mad at, mad at me talking about Pacific because you know here's a quick question before we leave will we get a uh, invitation to an apple event before our next podcast i don't i don't think so okay because yeah i think we will i think think, you think there's gonna be a march event march is running out of time either friday or next monday i think they're gonna send an invitation you think so we'll see we'll see about that (laughs) and if we do get one we'll talk about it on the podcast yes we will so anyways That does it for this week. 